Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from a professor of industrial design with a PhD and over 40 years of experience on how to make profitable products by connecting emotionally with your customers. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Suresh Sadi to the show. Suresh is a professor in industrial design at the University of Illinois. Prior to that, he ran a product design studio for 15 years, and before that, was a VP and design director at Whirlpool, among many other high-level design roles at various companies. Today, Suresh is going to share some valuable knowledge for inventors, startups, and small manufacturers on why customer storytelling is so important in the early product development phases of designing a new physical consumer product invention, and how to best maximize the success of your product through the findings from his PhD thesis on this very subject. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Suresh. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, we're excited to have you on the show today Mm -hmm. to talk about the storytelling and the importance behind Mm -hmm. developing a new hardware product, especially these new emerging hardware brands. There's so much more beyond just the design of the product, which can really lead to a highly successful startup and brand that develops from that startup product. Before we get into all of that, just give us a bit of a background of the 40 years leading up to the success that you are today as a professor at the University of Illinois in industrial design. Thank you, Kevin. It just looks as if I started yesterday. It's not been, because if you enjoy what you're doing, then I think days and time just flies very quickly. I'm still young. I am still ready to do new things. And being with young minds and young people, looking at the world through their eyes, I believe that keeps me young and ready to take the new challenges that face us all the time. Having said that, I studied in some of the best design schools. I was at the National Institute of Design, Ahmedabad, which was a school that not many know was established on Charles Eames' report in India. Uh, After finishing that, I went to Domus Academy in Italy in the early years of Memphis, and my teachers happened to be Ettore Sotsas, Andrea Branzi, to name just a few of them. You can imagine these were the best designers, but I was fortunate to have gone through that journey. But luckily, I joined as a young designer in Philips as my first job under Robert Blake in the India office in Bombay. Now, early on, I realized in my first job itself that creating products is about connecting to the business. If your product is not seen as feasible, and I say feasible, both in terms of cost and its ability to sell in the market, I think you already failed. Luckily for me, my first product was very, very successful. And why did that happen? Designing lights, as you may say, is not very easy. We think designing a lamp is a very simple product, but when I started working on it, I realized it was not so easy because these lamps were large and heavy and had to be produced within the constraints. And those constraints could be the manufacturing constraints, people's constraint, and how the world looked at those products. In those days, early days, I would go back to my design school and share my work with my teacher. And one of the teachers said, oh, these look very heavy. You're working with light. Remember lightness. That was a profound realization. 
that led me to start working on projects that were light and compact. And in the process, what I did, which I didn't realize at that point, I optimized the material for the least wastage when I was designing. And what it did was that the packaging size was reduced, larger volumes could be shipped in a container, and the company saw substantial profit margins. That was something that I never thought as a designer. But if you are producing a product, you have to think of those things. How do you make profit? And to me, it was unknowingly that I did it, just with the word lightness. And that's something that I think people have to keep in mind Even in today, when you talk of sustainability and you want to connect to the new buzzwords, using less material, using limited time to produce a product, how would you assemble product with the least components? So to me, these were the key things that came to me inadvertently while talking to people who had worked on these projects for a very, very long time, like my teachers. And I thought that to me, passing on the knowledge And that's probably the reason that I came into teaching, sharing what I have for so long practiced. But having worked in Philips for about seven years, most of my projects were very successful and almost all of them sold well. I moved out of Philips because I thought I didn't know whether I was selling or it was Philips, the brand that was selling. And I wanted to understand that it was me that was making the difference. I moved out, I set up my own studio and that studio actually I ran for 15 years working from things like television sets. And the largest project was a boat at Howe. Three floors, 79 meters, all made in wood. Wow. Uh, and, and to me, to see that boat sailing at the harbor was the most beautiful experience I've ever had because how could I, not being a marine engineer, work on such a project, starting with a simple product like a lamp to a boat? I thought that was an amazing journey that I had transcended. But to me, what was most important was that I had to remove my ego. Every time I would go to a client, for the first time, I would try and understand what was their story, what was their meaning to produce this product, apart from making money, what was going on in their mind. And I actually realized that I would get an idea in my first meeting. And when I would go back, I would say to the client that this is what you said. This is your story that I'm bringing your project on. And it really connected because they started believing in that product. And I think that is the most important part when you're having this relationship. There's a relationship of trust. There's a relationship that it is a teamwork. It's not about you alone. No product designers can work in isolation. They have to work in a team. And that team is about engineers. It's about marketing guys. It's about creating that ecosystem. And you work together. It's like sailing a boat. If you're not in sync with each other, you won't be able to go further. So to me, those are the key issues that I think happen to me very easily. And it's about your ability to understand and to communicate. People always remember these stories, these first conversations. Even if you look at how Philip Starr designed the Juicy Salif, he's talking about his story, how he was eating meal at a restaurant, and then the idea came, and then he sold the idea to Alberto Alessi. People will remember that product that's a useless product, yet people will remember that product because of that story. And I also realized when I started my PhD, this idea about how to connect, how to connect, because many times... You ask the designer, why did you design this? And they will say, I like it. It's beautiful. But they'll never be able to tell you why and what led them to creating that form. And to me, that question, how you justify the creative act, was the reason I went into doing my PhD. PhD was role of narrative in product visualization. 
And these stories that I'm telling you are very, very important. And most of the time, you'll remember the client talking about when the designer came to me and he said this and we got this idea. So to me, those are the key reasons that I went into my PhD. You did a lot of work within your PhD to discover that connection between making a great profitable product and the value of the storytelling or that connection that goes along with it. Those two things combined yield these products, like you mentioned on this one, that sell for 30 years as a highly successful product. If you could focus on those two things early in the development process, talk a bit more about the thesis and some of the results that you saw in that PhD work. To me, what was the connection here to the project? It was thinking about starting with the user. The opportunity was because I thought of where this product is going to be used. Finding the opportunity is important. Uh, and what are the outcome of the research that I did was what matters is not what someone did with these devices, but what narrative experience they carry, what they experience and what they aspire for. Here lies the opportunity. It's not the idea of a product that I may have that I want to design a fan. What is the opportunity there? Now, to understand those stories, the narratives that one would have is very important. I believe that communication with the user is the key. And using narrative in design is a construct that captures the essence of the user experience to conceptualize the product form. Because these narratives gives you the construct, the form, and the form then, then only can use lines, color, material to create that beautiful product. In one of my examples in my thesis was Ettore Sozza's typewriter, Valentino. If it hadn't been shown in an American movie, probably it wouldn't have been successful, as successful as it became. I loved his work. I loved his writings. However, there's always these connections that help sell the product. The moment that thing was shown in a movie, it became an icon. So to me, that story really holds in some ways. I, I remember Andrea Branzi in his studio, and he gave me a, a cup that he designed, a coffee cup. And he said, every time somebody came to my office, uh, they would remove the cup from the saucer and keep it on my table. That coffee stain mark would stay on the table because some of the coffee would have poured out onto the plates. He designed a cup that was like a cone. So that when you remove it out of the plate, you actually can't place it on this table. So to me, even if the story was good and it was beautiful, the way he created that beautiful form, it's always to me that story should not become the ends to the mean. It should always be the next step. If you look at the larger consumer, the larger user connect to the stories. And we did that at Whirlpool in a good way. I'll take a simple example of color on a refrigerator. Now, if you look at a refrigerator in, in your kitchen in America, they will either be steel or white or black, very clean color. If you had to sell it in India, for example, most of the people would cover their devices, the consumer devices with fabric so that it stays new forever. It almost created a kind of skin that actually we've started associating those skins with the product. So I was asked by my CEO to create a new color for a refrigerator, a new design, a pattern for a refrigerator. And I couldn't take except the fact that there would be there would be flowers on that because the textiles that most people would use have flowers. And I thought for one year uh, with my CEO and said, no, no, that won't work. Let's do something that's more futuristic. Later, after a year, I, I said, let me go back because he wouldn't change. He wouldn't budge. He said, I want it. So I went and got the best artist, created the best beautiful design, textile artist 
and went to Korea, Seoul, and went to the manufacturer, got the artworks done, and got it produced, brought it back. And I was actually surprised as a designer because I heard that story and I connected to the stories of the users, that why they wanted textile, how they saw something that's very busy. And I, I realized that the, the contextual sense when you're looking at the best designers in the world, which come from the West, and don't look at the local culture which used that product, there's something that's missing. So when this product was made and those flowers put, it was the best selling product in the market for that year. Wow. Now, this is not part of the thesis. I used storytelling as an idea, as part of my thesis, and created surfaces for refrigerator, uh, both in China studio and India studio. And the outcome was incredible. I've written papers on it. I created new refrigerators from idea of stories. I went to design schools where I asked students to work on it. I worked with my designers within the studio. I collected stories from 100 designers all over the world. Always nine of them very, very, very famous, like Philip Stark, Eto Risotsas, Branzi. And those stories are part of my thesis. Uh, how did they start the project? How did they create the product? And I realized that the products came out of the experience, their own lives, and that differentiated their products from the mundane because almost everybody is redesigning the idea of invention. These stories bring in a certain character to a product. If you feel something has to be strong, you'll remember as strong as Samson or Atlas, you know. So if at the moment you get strong, you start getting a familiar character, and then you build the form and the shape of the product that gives the consumer that experience. If you're selling a story that my product is as strong as Atlas or Samson or Hercules, then how do you create the beauty in your product that relates to that story? So my thesis was actually to find those qualities of your from your narratives and that core quality will then be translated onto your product. So if I tell the story, and I show that form, people can relate to it. And I tested that with a lot of people that I showed a product, talked about a story and says, check which of this you can connect. And they connected it to the right product. So to me, those were the learnings that I got out of my thesis. And I, I still feel that it's still very new, very nascent. Uh, people don't really consciously, they do it unconsciously, but consciously, a lot of people are not using narratives to build their products. Branding people do that in some ways, but uh, product designers, industrial designers, engineers who design products don't do that consciously. This, this is so powerful to hardware startups, especially because the product is usually something that you've identified in the world around you. It's something that matters to the hardware startup. You're the inventor, the innovator, mm -hmm. the person that's bringing this thing to life. So why not bring your story, your narrative, your vision into the product itself. Something why it's so important to go through the process of mood boarding or the process of understanding different design language or understanding really what the end goal for the type of customer you're going to sell. Is it going to be something modern? Is it going to be something rugged? Or is it going to be something medically oriented? All of these different characteristics of how you envision the product being used can dump into creating the right narrative that matches both the product and the person behind the product. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. I talk about it a lot on the podcast of bringing your 
personal vision into the narrative of the business around the product. And of course, the product itself. So yeah. if you're an inventor and you've created this product because it helps you with this pain in your elbow, and you've got this great little elbow brace, blend the business and your personal life together, especially yeah. as a hardware startup. A lot of people are afraid to do this, yeah. but the reality is the people who bring an authentic, real story true narrative behind the product, both is great, as you're mentioning from your PhD thesis in creating an amazing product that fits the market, but also gives you a huge competitive edge over the big corporations that can't bring that narrative human factor into every new product that they release. <laughs> what an advantage is a hardware startup. And here you're hearing it from PhD thesis, somebody who's been in the industry for 40 years on how that truly makes for better designed products. And you've seen it from all angles. You've seen it from the academic angle. You've seen it from big corporate at Philips and Whirlpool. You've also seen it working at your design studio back in the day, working with countless product brands at all different levels. And the reality is, is bring your narratives into the product, have it be one in the same. Not only are you creating a better product, but you'll enjoy it more because it's your personality, the core of your being. The reason that you invented this product is now coming through the product itself. And that's what people want to see. That's what people buy. They pay for it. And as you mentioned, you started with this at the beginning of this episode. It actually leads to more profitable products at the end of the day. Think about the business and not just the product. Have a story you can share with your consumers, connect emotionally. A delightful experience is what people remember about your product. Create a name that is memorable and easy to state. Creating simple and beautiful forms, timeless forms, is the key to product success. To me, without that, these are core values that I've probably practiced unknowingly, but having written my PhD, having gone through the rigor of traveling alone, PhD is a lonely journey. Uh, you have to find your own path. You reflect on things that you've done in your past. And having done it late in my life, I felt that it was uh, these simple things are what matters. And if you can put that together, definitely, I would say you'll be able to sell your product better. That's very powerful advice and great little action nuggets for everybody to put into their product, into their designs with their design teams to make the next world-class product. Stress, really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for all your words of wisdom and helping hardware startups get off the ground with their product innovations by connecting emotionally with their customers. Thank you so much, Kevin. It was wonderful talking to you. And I hope whatever little I have shared makes sense to people. I'll be happy to come again onto your podcast in the future sometimes. But thank you so much. Much appreciated. We'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo, and Macodesign design and invent the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups small manufacturers and inventors thanks for joining and see you next time